Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Why this? Why me? And why now? Keys for survival in perilous times that will help you to understand God's will for your life as you face daily challenges. That's the new book. It's by Cynthia Finkley, and Cynthia is going to talk with me now all about it. Cynthia, thanks for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Well, thanks for being here. It is great that you have Why This, Why Me, Why Now out in stores. What's this book all about? Well, this book is about the life of David. There are many individuals in the Bible that has really blessed my life and encouraged my life Mm. along the way. But the life of David, it teaches you how to stand against opposition and the cares of the world. Knowing this and knowing who your God is, it'll help you to serve God. So this has encouraged my heart. Hmm. Where did the idea for why this, why me, and why now come from, Cynthia? Well, really, it came from me teaching a class at church. I was teaching a Bible study class, and I'm a note taker, and I love to take notes, and I've done that for many years. And I was putting my notes up because I keep my notes that I take at church in a booklet. And I was putting my notes up one day as I was sitting at the table gathering my binders to put the information in. And I just heard a voice within me saying, you know, this is a book. Hmm. And I was like, wow, okay." So it started from there. Hmm. What kinds of readers were you reaching out to with Why This, Why Me, and Why Now? I believe this book would target believers and non-believers. That's why I mentioned the portion of the salvation about receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. A believer, it will cause them and help them to stand. Just because we are believers, we do still face things in life. But as a non-believer, it would help you to see who God is, who the God that we serve, and how he walks with us as we serve him through trials, even joyous times. Hmm. Cynthia, once you started writing this, was it something that came out fairly quickly, or was it a longer process? It came out fairly quickly, but to get it to the publisher and to gather my notes and add to the notes that I had, I would say not quickly, but because I faced several things, the death of my sister or a sibling Mm. and some other challenges, it caused me to go ahead and really focus on, you know, why this, why me, and why now? There's a purpose for everything under the sun. Have you done this kind of thing before, Cynthia? Have you ever written a book? Have you ever published? No, never published a book before. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I'm sure you learned a lot then along the way. What would be your best piece of advice then for authors listening who are just starting out? As far as writing a book, be confident, stay focused, because anytime you do something to live up the Lord, the enemy will come in and just have many distractions. So I had many, many distractions, but I didn't give up. Mm -hmm. And the confidence that you have in God will cause you to complete, knowing that the task that he's put in your hand The thing that he has called you to do, we must complete what God has called us to do on this journey. When you finally got the first copy in and you got to hold it, Cynthia, what was that moment like for you? Wow. It was a wow moment. (laughs) Very humbling. It really touched my heart to see what the Lord can do with a life that has been torn and faced many challenges. 
especially as a young child mm-hmm. and as an adult, and to see what God can do in and through someone who commit and submit their lives to his lordship, it just really touched my heart in a grateful way. Mm. And do you think you'll do it again? Have you thought about writing another book and publishing more? Yeah, I've started another book. I'm excited about that. Mm. I recently retired about two weeks ago, so it afforded me an opportunity to do more, but I have started another book. That's fantastic. So looking over it all, Cynthia, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author? Wow. The journey has been, again, humbling. It blesses me more as I complete and finish the process of this book. Of It opened my ear to hear his, him speaking to my spirit more on a daily basis. I think a lot of people are going to be encouraged by this book. It's titled, Why This? Why Me? And Why Now? Keys for Survival in Perilous Times that will help you to understand God's will for your life as you face daily challenges. This is written by Cynthia Finkley and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. Jump online and get this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, or down the street at your local bookshop, too. Cynthia, it's been great speaking with you here tonight. Thanks again for joining me here on the show. Thank you so much. Meet Me in the Morning. It's the new book in stores right now, written by Alinda C. Daniels. And I'm really happy that Alinda is right here with me now to tell me all about it. Alinda, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you on the show today. Can you tell me all about Meet Me in the Morning? What's it all about? It's a book of encouragement. I picked the title out because I had thoughts of meeting with my friends in the morning and sharing the poems and hopefully touching their hearts and their souls and picking them up in the mornings. What kinds of readers do you think would really be into this book? Well, readers of all age, but I was particularly choosing or looking at the retirees. Linda, can you tell me about that moment whenever you got the idea and were inspired to write this book and publish it? I was going down the highway, and I had crossed the bridge over Lake Kiwi, and I was seeing the sunrise, and I thought it was such a beautiful morning. And I had a bunch of poems written, and I thought they would fit into the scenery of the sun rising in the morning. That inspired me to write the book. Hmm. Did it take you a long time to write and then put through the publishing process? Yeah, not too long. The publishers were great and great to work with, Hmm. and they uh, made sure that it was what I wanted before they published it, which was great that they worked with me that way. Is this your first time when it comes to writing and publishing? No, this was actually my fourth book. Hmm. And when you finally got that first copy in the mail, after all that time working on this, what was that moment like for you? Oh, I thought it was beautiful. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I thought it was so pretty. Do you have plans for more writing and getting more published in the future? I've got one more that may be in the works, but it's going to be a while. I've got some surgery coming up, and i got to get that taken care of first. And now that you've been writing and publishing, what to you is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author? Well, like I said, touching people's heart and soul is what my intent is. Mm. Hopefully my words will extend my heartfelt feelings to those that are in need and hope they find comfort, you know, in reading my pages. 
Alinda, a lot of people listening to us right now are authors who are just starting out. So do you have any advice that you could give them? Mainly just get you a thought in mind. And a lot of mine was based on individual experience. A lot of mine was inspirational. A lot of mine were spoke to God and God spoke to me. And I just encourage them to stop and think about what they want to write in words and what they want to express to the readers. Mm. Alinda, were there people in your life who knew you were doing this and were there to help inspire and motivate you? Oh, yes. I had my family. I had three sisters. I had my son. I had my daughter who is deceased and my husband who is deceased. But now they were a lot of inspirations, too. Even though they were gone, they were still, you know, a part of me and a part of my heart and one part of my soul. I just felt the need to express my feelings when it come to losing them and hope that other people would get some kind of desire, some kind of satisfaction out of the words that I wrote. Hmm. Alinda, when you sit down to write, how do you get through the times when you get maybe writer's block or maybe you're having trouble coming up with ideas? How do you get through that? Mainly just stop and put it down for a while and think about it and think about what I want to do, and it'll come back to me. When you write, do you have a certain time and a place that you like to try to write, maybe first thing in the morning or maybe at night at a certain place? Or do you find yourself writing whenever the ideas and the inspiration come to you? A lot of times I write when the ideas come. I have not been known to write at 3 a.m. in the morning (laughs) because that's when the inspiration strikes. I always have a pen and pencil and paper nearby. Mm, Very smart. I know a lot of people listening right now are really going to be into this book. It's titled Meet Me in the Morning. It's written by Alinda C. Daniels, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can get this online at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, or at traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Alinda, thank you so much for joining me here tonight and telling me all about Meet Me in the Morning. I hope we can do this sometime again soon. I hope so. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Jesus Never Fails. That's what author Charles Chuck Steigelman says in his new book, Through the Glass Darkly. And I'm really happy that Chuck is right here with me now to talk all about it. Chuck, thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, it's great to have you here, and it's great to see that Through the Glass Darkly is out in stores now. Can you tell me what this is about? Well, I started off just trying to tell some stories to my grandkids as to what my life was like as a Philadelphia firefighter. Hmm. I never expected to take a turn from that into the ministry. It has been quite an interesting situation. So I tried to write down everything and include all the warts. I didn't want to paint myself as anything other than what God would allow me to be. Hmm. Chuck, what kinds of readers were you reaching out to with this? Just about anyone who would be interested in finding a way to kind of avoid the attitude that I see prevalent today in the world. They they, they feel they're in a chaotic situation that's ever-changing. They don't have hope. I, I found my hope in the Word of God. Can you think back to that moment, Chuck, when you got the inspiration to sit down and write this book and have it published? Yes. My one grandson was diagnosed uh, with cancer. Mm. He's 18 months old, and it was a tragic time in our family, and 
I thought if I ever if I ever saw him grow to manhood, I'd like him to know something about what it was like to have gone through that with him and what it was like to be a grandparent with stories to tell, but never the opportunity to tell them. Incidentally, he is now a father himself, so God wow. has brought him through tremendous difficulty, uh, two major operations and all that kind of thing. Our only hope was in the Lord. I thought if ever I could get that kind of information out to individuals that even the least of us can be made useful. Was this a book that took you a long time to write, Chuck? Yeah, I think about four or five years because I, I didn't exactly know what I was doing. I used to go on singing tours and also mission, short-term mission trips. Mm. When I got back, I always wrote down the things that were going on day by day, like a journal. And I would read it to my Sunday school class when I got back. And one of the guys in the class said to me, you know, you ought to write a book. And I thought, yeah, right. With my lack of education, I don't think that would be the best thing to do. But as time went on, I realized that more and more people were really interested in, in what went on in my life. And I grew up with some of them. They saw me when I was not living for the Lord. And they saw this tremendous change that came about. And I thought people ought to know that that's possible for them, too. Absolutely. When that day finally came, Chuck, and you got the first copy of Through the Glass Darkly, and, and you got to hold it in your hands, what was that moment like for you? <laughs> Shock and disbelief. <laughs> could, this, could this possibly be me? Mm. I just couldn't believe it. It's all God's doing, not mine. And I'm sure you learned a lot along the way of writing this book and putting it through the publishing process. So what would be your best advice for people listening who are authors just starting out? If you want to write a book, spend an awful lot of time in prayer beforehand, asking God to guide you every step of the way, because there's a lot of times when you want to put things in there that are your philosophical viewpoint and not necessarily exactly what God had intended for you to say. I don't want to come off as somebody who knows everything. I, I just want to be a person who's been through some difficulties in life and found that without Christ, I would have never made it. And to have come this far and to find that people are actually interested in something I might have to say or write down, it's just mind-blowing. It's a joy just to share with others what God has done for me, and I just would like for them to realize that He'll do that for them. All they have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a book I know a lot of my listeners are definitely going to want to check out. The name is Through the Glass Darkly. It's written by Charles Chuck Steigelman, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can jump online and get this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also down the street at your local bookshop. Chuck, thank you again for joining me on the show tonight, telling me about Through the Glass Darkly, and it's so wonderful to hear that your grandson has made it through and he's doing well now. I had a really nice time talking with you tonight. It has been my pleasure, and I thank you again for the privilege. May God bless you and your family. The new book by Susan Marie, titled God's Everyday Miracles, a Workbook, encourages readers to be more mindful of God's work and to give Him praise. Susan is right here with me now to talk all about it. Susan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Can you tell me all about what readers can expect in God's Everyday Miracles, a workbook? So this workbook is about learning to recognize God's influence in our lives. God is constantly working, but the trials of life can sometimes be so overwhelming that we start taking the Lord's miracles for granted. 
Therefore, I created a workbook to aid in the removal of those blinders. It is a celebratory book that is both fun and illuminating. It provides space for journaling as well as has thought-provoking questions. But most importantly, it is full of God's Word. Susan, who were you reaching out to with this? What kinds of readers do you think would really get the most out of this? So my target readers are mature Christians, because anyone who does not love God would most likely be turned off from (laughs) counting up his miracles. (laughs) True. Susan, can you go back and think to when you were inspired to write this book and sit down and get started? Well, I've always loved writing. Mm. And as a child, I loved creating short stories to please my friends and family. But as an adult, I just didn't believe that my talent was good enough to publish books. However, after I became a Christian, I took on several ministries with my church, including the writing of our newsletter. And it wasn't long after this that I began to feel convicted by God that I wasn't using the talent that he had given to me. So that's when I started writing children's books and Bible study workbooks. Before becoming a Christian, I used to love to read fiction. I read every kind of fiction, but I stopped reading after I became a Christian because I was more interested in learning about God. However, my personal life experiences always affect the subjects of my books. With this one, I felt convicted that I needed to tell everybody about how amazing he is and how he's constantly working because you don't always see it right away. You know, sometimes it's like years later and you look and you say, oh my goodness, that was him the whole time. He was prodding me in a certain direction. And I just think it's wonderful when you finally get that breakthrough. Mm. Susan, did God's Everyday Miracles come quickly for you when you wrote it? Or was it something that was more drawn out? I think it took me about four months to write altogether. Generally, when I write a story that's not a children's book, when I write like one of these kind of books, I start off by making like an outline. And then I just attack each chapter kind of like doing a homework assignment. Mm. That's how I, I managed to write the books. And I've written quite a few. I've written like 28 books now, but wow. only 12 of them have been in the publishing process so far. So, but that's how I get it done. And this book does something, I think, really important, and it introduces interactivity through the journaling and the workbook aspect. So is journaling something that's been an important part of your life? To be honest, I absolutely hate journaling. Wow. (laughs) But I've learned that if I want to make healthy choices and I want to be mindful of others and trying to live transparent life for God, then the best way to stay on top of that is by journaling. Because like when I'm feeling upset, I don't always recognize that I'm feeling upset. I'm just like, what's going on with me? But when you journal it out, you can recognize, oh my goodness, I think I'm angry, you know? Mm, And so journaling has actually been very helpful in trying to live a better life for God. It's wonderful. What are the chances, Susan, that we'll be seeing more books from you like God's Everyday Miracles in the future? Well, out of the six books that are in stores right now, two of them are Bible study workbooks. The rest are children's books. But I do have, I think, another four. I think another four books that are coming out in the next few months that are all these type of books. Hmm. I encourage my listeners to check this out. This is called God's Everyday Miracles, a workbook. It's written by Susan Marie, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can jump online and find it at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes or down the street at your local bookshop. 
Well, Susan, thank you again for joining me here and telling me all about God's Everyday Miracles workbook. Had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you. I had a really nice time talking with you as well. I'm really happy to be joined right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable by author Betty Vick Dorsey. Betty, thank you for being here with me. You're welcome, Corey. Thanks for having me. Well, it's wonderful. You have a new book out in stores right now. It's titled Betty's House, Clean Up and Move Up. Can you tell me what this is all about? Well, basically, it's about a story of my life, about what Jesus did for my life, and how he used a different part of the Bible to give me an example of who he used and how he spoke to the people, the person to be able to tell them to go back and tell their family about what Jesus did for him. Mm. And the man's name was Legion. I don't know if you've ever read the story about Legion, Mm. how God cleaned him up. And he was the only man in the Bible that God actually told him to go back and tell the people what he did for him. And you really emphasize the importance of maintaining a clean home and that metaphor. Yes, yes. I believe that because even though sometimes if we're saved or unsaved, there's various things that happen in our lives and we can feel like we're not exactly where we should be in life with God, but we have a desire to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't know the necessary steps to start over or we do start over and we fall down. So it's just like cleaning your house every day. Once you repent or you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you get an opportunity to repent and do it all over again. And not that we should continue in sin, but we have a Savior that is willing to forgive us and give us clean start because His mercy and grace is daily. So I look at it like that's the same way the inside of me is. Betty, how did you get the idea for this? What inspired you to write this book? Well, the Holy Spirit, actually, for like days and days, he would wake me up out of my sleep and he would just tell me about the man named Legion and put it in my spirit that it was important that I would leave a legacy because I've always had a great desire to preach the word, teach the word, and just minister to others. And I didn't have the ability to go all over the world to do it. So I just feel as though he gave me something that would continue on even after I'm gone. Like I had the greatest desire always to preach the gospel. And I thought, how could I do that? And so one day when he gave me this, I sat down and I began to write and I did as he told me to. And I came up with this story. And the wonderful thing is that I understand that I'm preaching the gospel with this book and it's in the simplicity of how he instructed me to do it. So I'm very grateful to have it done it a different way. And Betty, once you sat down and started writing this, was it a long process for you or did the whole thing come out quickly? It was a process because as a person who wasn't really an author, I wasn't knowing how to do it and what to do and what sounded good. I just wanted to be pleasing to God most of all. And I never felt like I was, it was right. You know how we critique our own selves. I always thought it wasn't good enough. But then finally I said to myself, no, this is not about you. This is about what God has assigned you to do. And you're going to put it out there and you're going to let him do it because he gave you the ideal. He wrote the words and you just send it and let the people, you know, receive whatever it is that God has for them. So stop being a perfectionist. Hmm. And are you thinking of maybe writing more and publishing more in the future? 
Yes, I'm actually in the process of writing a book, well, a chapter with 40 other women, uh, Antelog. I think that's how you say that. I'm not sure how you say it, but each woman put a chapter in the book and tell about different experiences they had in their life. And my title is called Justice. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually in the middle of writing it and we're coming up with a title as well. Well, I encourage my listeners to check this book out. It's called Betty's House, Clean Up and Move Up. It's written by Betty Vick Dorsey and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. Get this online on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Betty, it was great talking with you here tonight. Thanks again for joining me. You as well, and I really appreciate this interview. Make sure you have a great day, and I hope all the listeners enjoy Betty's House, Clean Up and Move Up. I just had to read the title to this book, and I knew I'd be interested in knowing what it has to say. It's titled, How to Make Love Last Forever. It's written by Norman E. Lyons, Jr., and I'm really happy that Norman is right here on the show with me now to talk all about it. Norman, thanks for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. It's great you have this book out, How to Make Love Last Forever. Can you tell me what this is all about? Yes, really, it's a book based on relationship. It's something just everybody is looking to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. And so I thought it was just a need for this to be written. So here I am, how to make love last forever. What sorts of readers were you reaching out to with this? For ages that are really looking for a relationship. So maybe you can look at an age between 21 years of age and up. So this is really about relationship and then marriage. Now, I'm a pastor, so I do believe in marriage. I'm trying to reach those who are looking for serious relationships or just anybody to help develop their relationship as well. Hmm. Norman, what inspired you to sit down and get started writing this? I thought it was a need. I'm a full-time pastor, and also I work full-time as well. And so I work around a lot of men. I counsel folks on marriage counseling. That is before I do counseling, premarital counseling, and then post after that, after marriage. And so I saw a need for people that were looking really deep in their relationship or relationships that were in trouble, something that would give them a guide. This book is really like a guide, what you can do in order to make your relationship more loving, more intense. So that's what I was, what prompted me to write it, because I saw a need. Mm. Have you ever written or published before this? Well, I did a collective a book with my church. They did a book on discipleship, and I had a part on who is a disciple, and I was written, you know, with my name on my portion of it. But as far as singular work, no, this would be my first book. Mm, congratulations. D did this take you a long time to do then? Yes, because of my schedule. Like I said, full-time pastor, I work full-time, then, you know, I have my own family and other responsibilities. So it really took me about two years, I believe, to write this. And after those two years, what was it like when you finally got that first copy in and you got to hold it in your hands? It was a feeling of joy, pride, because what I do, one of the things I try to every year list goals. And one of my goals was to become a published author. Mm. And so that was one of the things, and it was a sense of accomplishment for me. Mm. Do you have plans for more now after this? Yes. In fact, I know there's two more books that I have in me that I would like to write. 
<laughs> I'll just say before I leave the planet, <laughs> two more books I would like to write. Well, that's fantastic. Norman, a lot of people listening right now are authors just starting out. So do you have any advice for them? Yeah. To me, if you have a burning desire or something, a zeal inside you to communicate something to people and to the world, I would encourage them to follow their passion to write. There's uh, so many things people, as I was saying, go unaccomplished. Mm. And we really don't know what we can accomplish until we sit down and try. And so I would encourage them if they have something, like I can say, if it's burning zeal inside you to really just take the time. You have to take time, sit down, and begin writing what it is you would like to convey to the people. Mm. Norman, what happens when you do sit down to write and nothing's coming out? No words are hitting the page. You don't have any idea where to go next. How do you get through something like writer's block or the hard times? Yeah, well, sometimes you have to uh, put your uh, book up, your notebook up your computer up, and really sometimes you have to just go out and do some other things. To me, once you begin to do other things, then thoughts come into your mind. Because I know I would have thoughts. I'm not even sitting down actually at my computer, not really writing. And then I may go out, see something, or something comes into my mind. I would note it, and then it gives me something to go back and begin to write. So sometimes you have to take a break, put it down, and walk away from it. I know there are a lot of readers out there who are going to be inspired and encouraged by this book. It's titled, How to Make Love Last Forever. It's written by Norman E. Lyons, Jr., and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can jump online and get this at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes, and also down the street at your traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Norman, thanks again for joining me on the show here and telling me all about how to make love last forever. I hope we can talk again soon sometime. Yes, I would like that. But I've enjoyed and thank you again for having me. Not Holes and Ladybugs. That's the new book in stores right now, written by Catherine Coker. And Catherine is right here with me now at the show to talk all about it. Catherine, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to hear you have Not Holes and Ladybugs out in stores right now for readers. Can you tell me what this is about? It is. It's about the love and hope God gives and how he can turn messes into his messages. And there's a lot of hurting people out there that need to know there's hope. What kinds of readers were you reaching out to with Knotholes and Ladybugs? Anyone who thinks they're a mess or have messed up in life and how God can take that, just turn it into his message. I mean, anyone who just thinks they need help turning things around. Hmm. Catherine, how did you get the idea for Knotholes and Ladybugs and then decide to write it? Well, it's like I told a friend the other day when I was telling them about the book. I mean, how can we not tell people how good God is? And hmm. according to man's standards, I'm supposed to be a statistic. According to how my home life grew I grew up without my daddy at our home, but God has strung my whole life with one miracle after another, and I just feel like I need to give back to him what he's done for me and tell all the wonderful things that he's done. Mm. Was Not Holes and Ladybugs a book that took you a long time to write, Catherine? Well, my whole life, mm. pretty much. Just a few years back, there was a 
man that used to work at the Christian school where my husband went to school. And I let him read some of my work, and he said, "This needs you need to send this out. Mm. Is this the first book you've ever written or published? It is. Congratulations. I imagine you learned an awful lot along the way. So, Catherine, what would be your best piece of advice for people listening who are authors just starting out? If you have a story inside you and you feel like the world would benefit, send it out there. Number two, do your homework. And by that, I mean search out the best avenue that you feel like would benefit your story the most. Check all your options and research. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Catherine, what was it like for you when you got the first copy of Not Holes and Ladybugs in and you got to hold it for the first time? It was unreal. It was, it was like holding God's promise for you where, you know, he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not hurt you and to give you an expected future. I felt like I was holding, that was something tangible, and it was a dream all in one. Have you thought about writing another book and publishing more in the future? I have. Friends have asked me. I've got two themes in mind. But I haven't started on them yet, so they're not in, you know, the process of publication yet. They've still got a ways to go. And Catherine, now that you're published, what for you is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author? Sending out hope, the hope that only God can give in His goodness. And He said that His Word would not return void, and it would prosper anything that you send it to and accomplish that which you please, and knowing that I'm sending his hope out. When you go to write, Catherine, do you have a routine for it, like maybe first thing in the morning or late at night, or do you just kind of write when the inspiration hits? I'll write when it—well, sometimes it'll come when I'm in the middle of something else and I can't—I'm not where I can stop and write, but I make sure I hold on to it and jot it down first chance I get, but it's just all during all different hours because he's always speaking to me. Mm. I know a lot of people are going to be helped and encouraged by this book. It's titled Knotholes and Ladybugs. It's written by Catherine Coker and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Catherine, thank you again for joining me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author A. Joseph Claycomb. Joseph, thank you for being here with me tonight. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, it's wonderful to be talking with you. You have a new book out in stores right now. It's titled Cute Knows Now, the story of Brenda. So can you tell me all about this? Sure, I can tell you. It was inspired by one of two daughters that I have that came down with a condition. She came down with epilepsy at seven years old, and she went through a lot, as you can imagine, having to deal with that pretty much overnight at that age. A lot of image issues, a lot of self-confidence issues, uh, a lot of things. Bottom line is, it's a silly, silly title having to do with a very serious subject of somebody that's going through something and kind of based upon, like I said, a true story, but like somebody who really needs to to look upon themselves, within themselves, to find the inspiration to carry on and to persevere. 
as all my books, this is a book about inspiration and this is a book about overcoming issues in your life that pop up, particularly for youth that can be so hard on things that may not have all the tools developed yet to deal with things. And lo and behold, boom, you know, they happen and you have to deal with them. She really withdrew upon herself, within herself, I should say, and, you know, needed to lean on her own facilities, what she had, to learn how to cope with this. Went from a very outgoing person to somebody who was very self-confident, was was having a lot of episodes, several in a five-minute period. It got to one point. Thank God she is under control now. Wonderful. Miraculous. Power of prayer and medicine. To see what she was going through just ate me, and and it inspired me to write a book about maybe somebody, uh, youth that's going through maybe rejection, dejection, low self-esteem because of, of something that occurred to them beyond their control, and how they get through it. I decided to go with a silly title because imagination sometimes is silly, mm. and it is who we are, and it makes us who we are. And Joseph, you mentioned the youth. Is that the reading audience, then, that you were reaching out to with this? It is. It is. It is uh, pre-adolescent, and I would say probably from anywhere from five years old on up, although I think maybe a little bit older can get something from it. I've been writing my whole life. I've published two now. In this day and age, with everything going on and all the social media quirks and all this, and if you're looking for books that are just down-to-earth, good old-fashioned, nothing in there that's going to do with any harm, no subnotes. It's These are inspirational books that are wholesome and family-oriented and values predicated on faith. So, Joseph, what's next? Have you given thought to more writing and more publishing? Yes, I have another book. Once I get my second book, the launch uh, going, I have another book that's written, it's edited, it's uh, everything but published, and that's called Emerald's Big Black Spider Struggle. Very great little book, easy read, about a young man who visits grandma. Grandpa has passed on, but he still wants to connect with grandpa somehow. And an unlikely friend kind of connects them two together in a way that I don't think anybody had ever thought was possible. Again, inspirational book. Joseph, Cute Knows Now was such a personal book for you. So can you tell me about the moment when you received the first copy and got to hold it in your hands? What was that like for you? Holy moly, it was really good. And it was... Mm. The books came in a group of 10, and I, and I opened the book carton up, and, and there they were in print. And as an author, you know, to have something go from a thought and an inspiration to a printed solid object in your hand is just beyond words. I will tell you, as an inspirational writer, the writings that I do, including this one, are not just like, well, I feel like writing a book. Authors will tell you, inspirational authors especially, that these are stories that need to get out. It's not like, well, this is what I did, and I struggled. When you're writing, they're almost coming out so fast that you can't put them down to paper. It wasn't so much of I'm contributing to the literary world. It's This is a story that needed to be told. That's the same with my second book, Maisley's Moon, especially. But it was a great feeling. And, and it was like, well, this is a story that needed to be told. There's a lot of struggling kids out there that are struggling with things that are beyond their capable means. So, and it does have a sequel, by the way, which is called Summers. Oh, wonderful. I know there are a lot of listeners out there who are going to want to check this book out. It's titled Cute Knows Now, The Story of Brenda. This is written by A. Joseph Claycomb, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Joseph, thanks again for joining me here on the show and telling me all about Cute Knows Now and the story behind it. I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you much. 
This book says it'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry, and it'll leave you wondering what happens next. It's titled 14 Hands to Freedom, and the author, Glenn Vetter, is right here with me now to tell me all about it. Glenn, thanks for joining me here tonight. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful that 14 Hands to Freedom is out in stores. Can you tell me what this is all about? It's a, it's a story that's been told a long time, but it starts in uh, South Russia, which is now Ukraine, and it's a captain. My great-grandfather was a captain in the Russian army, and it was King Nicholas. It was a czar who took over Russia and were banning or killing all the Germans, and we are German from Russia. And so the story starts in 1896 when the captain and all his men are being chased out of Russia. They make it to the shores of the Red Sea and they steal a ship from the Russians. And they have quite an adventure sailing across the Atlantic Ocean, ending up in New York. In New York, they round themselves up on some more horses and some wagons and they set their trail all the way to North Dakota. And during the time, there is horse racing that Glenn in the story is a, has a fast horse, and he races his way across America. His brother Mark is a marksman, and of course their dad is Captain Matt. Captain Matt leads these men and their families' horses from Russia all the way to North Dakota, and there's an excitement in every chapter. Glenn, you said this story has been told for years, and you finally decided to sit down and write it. What inspired that? Well... I don't know if I had a certain inspiration as I had time. Several years ago, I should say it's coming on six years ago now, but I was diagnosed with an incurable disease. I went from being outside active in the sales field, being real active and camping and hunting a lot, training dogs, and I was put in a wheelchair. And every other week I had treatment. And during this treatment, when I would get home, I would feel sick for a little while, but I couldn't sleep for the entire day, sometimes two days, just no sleep. There's only so much TV or other books a guy can read. So that's when I decided, hey, I'm going to write this story. My brother talked about writing a story similar to this, but I don't think he ever got started on it. So I decided to start on this book in the overnights when I was sick, you know, I had intravenous treatment. And when I got home, I just was up all night. And so I decided I'm going to take the time that I'm up all night, all day, all night, the second night usually. And so every other week for about a 24-hour stretch, I would write this book. And it took me quite a while. It, I didn't write every day. It wasn't only the days that I was got treatment, but that was the inspiration of what am I going to do with this time? I'm now in a wheelchair. I'm not, I can't do anything. What am I going to do with my time? And so I decided to write this book. Have you ever written or published before, Glenn? No. No, my brother is a published author. And I gave him a lot of stories and help with the book, but I have not written a book before. Well, congratulations. What was that moment like for you? What feelings were you having whenever you got that first copy? You got to look at it and hold it. Well, when I, when I got that first copy, it was pretty cool. I was pretty excited. A feeling of accomplishment. I wasn't sure when I started how it was going to finish. I wasn't even sure the whole story. But once I was done and I got a copy in my hand, I thought, wow, I finally did it. But on the other hand, the story continues. And so treatment hasn't ended. I haven't stopped writing. But when I got that first book in my hand, it was exciting. You said it's going to leave readers wondering what happens to the captain next. So are there more books planned? Yeah. My goal is to have a three-book sequence. 
about this family and their story of getting to North Dakota with all their horses and cows. And it will continue. And I, the second book has started. I'm hoping that the third book brings me up to about the 1930s. And that's where I'm going to end it. A lot of readers are definitely going to be into this. 14 Hands to Freedom. It's written by Glenn Vetter, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Get this online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, it's been wonderful having you on the show today, Glenn. Thank you for telling me all about 14 Hands to Freedom. Come back soon. Well, thanks for having me, and I hope the people that read it can enjoy the book and feel free to, you know, let me know how you feel. It, it was exciting to write it and then read it myself. And there's certain parts of the book that will make you laugh. There's certain parts that will make you cry. And it'll definitely want to make you see what's next for Captain Matt and his family. I'm really happy right now that author Sandra Shook is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Sandra, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you very much. Well, I really appreciate having you here on the show. You have a new book out. It's really exciting. It's called Lies, Life, and Love. Can you tell me what it's all about? <laughs> it's the first of a series. The two main characters are patterned after my grandmother and my mother. Hmm. Camden is the main character, and she basically wants to be married and have a family even down to getting married, regardless of what it does as far as her faith and her childhood training and all of that. She meets Mark and marries him and giving everybody the excuse, it's all going to be better. Bottom line, she wanted to be married. The sad thing is it turns out that everything just kind of starts spiraling out of control. And she learns that Mark's lifestyle and his love for money takes control and she doesn't know what to do. She's overwhelmed. She literally decides to go back to teaching. And when she's looking for her credentials that she needs, she finds out that Mark had a child from before they were married. And so she goes on a quest to find the child after finding out that he is a terminally ill child. It's been abandoned, you know, as far as she's concerned. She confronts Mark and all of that, and after a lot of sad confrontation and starting of a bad divorce, she decides to go back home to her grandmother. And so between her and her grandmother, they want to make a family for this child this terminally ill. And then when they find him, she goes to work as a volunteer at the hospital where he's at. And it's about that time that she finds out that she's pregnant and didn't know it. And, of course, her reaction is that she's pregnant by a man she didn't even know. Another twist, her best friend's wife is almost killed in an accident, and they find out that it's not an accident, that it was intentionally done. So her whole life turns upside down again and begins to wonder, will there ever be a normal life again? The twists and turns are what makes the book to me. Hmm, sounds like a great story. Sandra, what kinds of readers do you think would really be into Lies, Life, and Love? To me, pretty much anyone that cares for children. I mean, it's one of those things where having been burned as a child, my brother and I spent a lot of time in the hospitals and things like that. So hmm. even young people that are thinking one of these days, I'm going to have a family. So it reaches out pretty much to anyone that's interested in a family situation that's spiraled out of control, for lack of a way of describing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sandra, you said this was the first book of a series. So prior to this, have you written or published? 
No, this is the first book of the series. The second book was accepted and is in editing stage now, and I'm currently writing the third book. After all the time and energy you put into writing and publishing a book, what's that moment like for you, Sandra, whenever you get the first copy and you get to hold it in your hands for the first time? I cried like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm amazed. I just never dreamed that it would happen. I started trying to write back in the 90s, but it just wouldn't go together. And a friend suggested changing the place that I was trying to write it from and the characters and make it fiction. And I did that. And 10 months later, I had Lies, Life, and Love. Mm. So many people listening right now are authors who are just starting out. So what would be your best piece of advice that you could give them? Stay focused and don't give up. When the writing gets tough, Sandra, whenever maybe you get writer's block, you don't have ideas, you don't know what to write next, how do you get through those tough times? I pray a lot, (laughs) to be (laughs) honest. But the thing of it is, I'm blessed to have a lot of people that encourage me. My husband believed in me even when I didn't, and I have a lot of friends and family that are the same way. When you look back over it all, Sandra, what to you is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author now? I'm excited and hopeful and with a lot of prayer that my book will be as much of a blessing to others as it was for me to write. It's titled Lies, Life, and Love. It's written by Sandra Shook, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Thank you again, Sandra, for joining me here tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable, telling me all about lies, life, and love. I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to it. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.